Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Everyone and welcome to episode 546 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, joined with Joe, my co-host. How are we doing today, Joe? There's a special thousand-dollar Patreon uh, feed where you can get the previous 26 minutes of what we were talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness, where Joe has his thumb on the pulse of a certain era, uh, corner of the world. Uh, always space, and then on Google. But uh, <laughs> that's all. Someone and so notice, I say Google, right? Right. Because joke used to be Duck Duck Go, right? And another podcast that I listen to, um, you know, that I have a relationship with. Like I tweeted them, and they tweeted me. You know, they're a mm-hmm. little bit bigger of a podcast than us, right? Right. On their show last week, uh, one of the guys did my Duck Duck Go joke. Right. Now, I'm not saying that he got it from me. He's not listening to my podcast. He's not a wrestling enough guy to pick it up there. He's definitely not a comic book guy. But I'm like, oh, I heard, I heard it on another bigger podcast. I have to stop using it. Oh, boy. When the Moon Knight show comes out, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. When the Moon Knight show comes out and they put the bitten by the radioactive moon in the show. Mm-hmm. It's not your joke anymore. Right. I don't even know if it's my joke to begin with, but I say it is. Anyway. Right, you, right now, you have said it enough that it's your joke. Right. You were the person with the biggest platform telling that joke. Right. When someone with a platform slightly bigger than ours, Disney Plus, <laughs> <laughs> takes your joke. Again, slightly bigger. They get to have the joke now. Right. I'll just have to get new, better writers. That's all. Right. Right. So, would you like to hear what's on the show today, Joe? I want to hear what's on the show today, Todd. It, we have a slender read of news this week. Um, just some f- a free comic book day updates. Uh, free digital books and sales. Uh, what we read last week, which was both Joker number one and nonstop Spider-Man number one. What we're looking forward to this week. Todd and Joe have issues. Um, Todd's art attack and then at the end spoiler filled talk of the latest episode of the flash did I miss anything I probably missed something but um no that's everything oh nailed it nailed it so we are in the middle of diamond announcing free comic book day stuff uh for 2021 free comic book day is going to be on August 14th uh, is there a movie coming out around that weekend? August? I don't. I don't believe so. Uh, I'd have to look because I know Spider Man is Christmas in there. In May is still technically uh, Black Widow. We have Shang Chi and Eternal, so maybe one of those is August. I'll uh-huh. look it up while you're chatting. But so um, this week, as we get toward the end of the week and uh, the March. 2021 previews is available online in full they're starting to release some of the stuff that'll be available for free comic book day in august 2014 uh august 2021 on august 14th listen to me hoof baby um and this is your green section of the previews 
uh, folks. Books that have been announced so far, your Archie, your Boom, your Dark Horse, your that sort of thing, right? Right. Um, and now this is also where, like, Marvel is going to be one of, like, the top ones. Marvel and Image right now, I guess, and IDW okay. um, are the top dog ones. So they'll probably be announced a little bit later on this week. And also, like, the merchandise that you can get, the exclusive merchandise. And it's a four-pack box of Ninja Turtles figures. It's a four-pack of Mini-Mates. And I'm glad I never, did, like, I, I got a couple, two, three of them way back in the day. I think there was, like, a, like I got the Booster and Gold one. And there was a Lobo uh, Ambush Bug one. And that was really all I did, right? All right. The only uh, that of those I ever got, the Mini-Mates, was when I was in San Diego, that and this had to be like this was back when the first Transformer movie wasn't even out yet because they had the the truck cover that was supposed to be Optimus Prime. They had an exclusive Thanos uh, with the Infinity Gauntlet uh, Mini May figure. I was like, oh, I'll buy this one, but never went down that rabbit hole afterwards. Yeah. Uh, then there's a bunch of pin sets. There's a, Mo- a Power Rangers pin set, a Spider-Man Into the Spider Verse pin set, and I'm glad uh, Hero Clicks is still a thing. Uh, right. They're doing uh, the first Spider-Man in the new costume, Hero Click, to wow. go along with that. Um, yeah, hey, I'm glad Free Comic Book Day is happening. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Everyone go get the vaccine. Yeah, um, and I just looked it up. The release dates of the movies is the uh, Black Widow's May 7th, Shang-Chi July 9th. Eternals November 5th and Spider-Man December 17th and there's nothing for uh, I let the TV shows here only go out to Loki of June 11th you know what I mean so right nothing for August for free comic book day but maybe they'll slide something in perhaps and the other thing I was going to mention was um you know last year um didn't end up being it but this year is going to be the first free comic book day without a DC presence since wow. DC's no longer distributed through Diamond. Well, maybe they'll slide something in secretly somehow. Yeah, maybe they'll do their own separate thing. We're like, hey, you got any Batman Day masks laying around? <laughs> Sweep up some bat leavens and send them off. <laughs> oh, so that's it, really. Um, you know, five months away for free comic book day. Come on, everybody, don't screw this up for me. Right, right. That's really it in the news. Yep. We're in, a, we're in a news drought, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to move some stuff around, maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. Digital books and sales. Right. Just to move some things around. Um, nothing hung over too much from last week, except for Dynamite having their James Bond and their women. Uh, it just says select women sale. You know, whatever. Very vague there. Um, but Marvel, uh, in a rare week where Marvel only has like one sale going on, uh, they're doing a sale on Ultraman books cause they did that big Ultraman launch on their end. Right. Uh, Dark Horse has sale on whatever Disney titles they have laying around still and Baltimore, not the comic book convention, but like the <laughs> spinoff of Hellboy stuff. Right. Uh, Valiant has a fierce female sale. At least that makes a little bit more sense than just say select women. Uh, IDW is having a sale on Ninja Turtles stuff, and DC is having a Rise of the Justice League sale. Ooh. I don't know why they're putting such a focus this week on the Justice League. 
Mm. I wonder if it's because of that uh, mother box food set that's going out this week. Yeah. Uh, so not the mother box food set, uh, but you know, be sure to check out all the stuff in the show notes that accompany all these episodes. Checking out friends of ours, all the stuff that they're up to, whether it be our local comic book shop, Comics on the Green, um, like I said, their social media. Oh, boy. How about that box of books he got this week, huh? Oh, maybe there might be a uh, something Todd bought uh, that may come out of that box. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That I that I'm, that, you know, maybe doing and, and I'm not crazy doing a few installments, you know. <laughs> Some oh, of that uh, nutrient rich blood you now have. Yes. Two, two of them. There's two books out of there that I'm buying now that I think about it. Uh, but yeah, go check out Comics on the Green social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Go check out the Facebook page if you want to uh, check out some of the deals that he has. Sign up for his mail order pull list that they do at the shop. And maybe you'll even get some uh, fancy drawings from our good friend Becky, who does a lot of her own original art and such uh, through her Instagram page. Uh, other friends of the show that are up to stuff, uh, you know, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, both of those are over at Comixology, uh, Rick Williams, the Chop Shop, all the cool resin stuff that he does, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, wrestling, that sort of thing, and Kevin Hellion's Masked Library site, um, he's been walking through those, uh, quote-unquote banned Dr. Seuss books. Right. And uh, he did an article and a video about some uh, interesting comic-related purchases he made over the last seven days. Oh, cool. Uh, not to say that it's something that I've always wanted in my house. And I think Kevin now having two of them has scared me off of getting any. Uh, I think I looked this up, and I'm anti those things. Oh, that's right. You feel they damn you. I thought you were more anti the spinning ones as opposed to the standing ones. Uh, they're all the same. They're um, now granted in your house would be a different story. Yeah, because you know I mean? you're not going to be like I, I. I looked and I see that like it looked like he had hard covers in it too, like that. You're not going to be. But I always felt that all they did was when you spun them or anything, it you know gravitational forces pulled the comics away from the thing and bent them, or kids grabbed them and just you know pulled them down. I I I never liked them. But that's the that's the hill I'm willing to die on. You do you, brother. All right. Uh, but like I said, the links to all of those will be in the show notes that accompany every episode uh, of this show. Just like soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of the shows in our group of like-minded friends, individuals, etc. Whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Wednesday Night War, Final Wrestling Place, Add Oz with Wrestling, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Argument... Or anytime any of those folks go on other shows and they let me know, they will show up at soon-to-be-named-network.com. Uh, Adam, my co-host of At Odds with Wrestling, is going to be appearing on another show here uh, without my supervision in the near future. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm sure he'll do us all proud. I'm going to Google his name after the episode. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, put your safe search on. I'll just say yep. that. Yep. Um, or doing an incognito tab, excuse me. Yeah, and also while we, last week at the comic shop, after you dropped off the pizza with the onions, our good buddy DJ walked in as you walked out. 
Oh my goodness! So you just missed him, but I guess he's you know halfway there to the to to the vaccination. So he said, uh, "Wings on wings" is you know they're working on it. So I That's can't awesome. wait for that to. I'm come excited back. for that to come back. Me too. So let's get into what we read from this past week. Sure. Um, I'd like to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which is The Joker, written by James Tinian IV, uh, drawn by Gilliam March. Um, Basically, uh, this book shouldn't be called a Joker book. It should be called the Jim Gordon book, but then it wouldn't sell. So as I go into it. Um, this is the story of like Jim, like uh, Gordon thinking back cause he's retired now to his days in, uh, Chicago and why he came to Gotham while he was transferred to Gotham and somebody telling, uh, him basically like the white whale, like the, the, the case that got away. And he's like, ah, I'll probably never have to worry about that true evil in my life. Fast forward to Gotham, you know, the situation that, uh, the Joker has left from, uh, Batman 100 and also uh, various things that have happened, which would have been in the Infinite Frontier issue one. Um, that's actually where the story by Tinian was told of there was a gas attack on Arkham Asylum and the fallout from it and what Punchline is doing, trying to, you know, be uh, she's on trial for being with the Joker and everything. And basically someone comes along and says, hey, uh, James Gordon, we want you to find the joker for us and he and he's like yeah i think there's somebody else you might want to do that and they're like nope we don't want to get on his radar you're the guy to do it um so there was like hints of joke i don't want to spoil too much there was, there was hints of joke joker in this but i really think this is going to be a james gordon centric story and the fact that it was i like that even more than this being a joke joker book there's a lot less joker than i thought as i'm saying but i love i love jim gordon i love jim jim everything about him from like the past books and this is the best he's been i love the grizzled vet you know kind of thing that they're going with like he's like i don't dye my hair anymore and this is what i've been up to this issue was way better than i thought it was going to be and there was hardly any joker I knew nothing of this book other than it was a Joker book and it was being written by James Tinian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll give it a whirl, right? Right. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see, as you had mentioned, that it was a stealth James Gordon book. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Harvey Bullock. They're talking about all the history of James Gordon. They're talking about what he sees at night. Um, the police chief the police captain the whomever it was who before gordon left chicago for gotham mm-hmm. tells him about like his monster the one that like consumes your life and obviously james gordon technically could have dozens of them but it being the joker makes sense um and did you mention that the joker only shows up on the last page of this book i didn't say that but i know he's in here sparsely well, he's he's there like as in like images or like Jim Gordon is seeing him, imagining him in places. They're talking right. about the Joker, um, but he shows up on the last page of the main story. Um, if you it, this is not Gotham Central, mm-hmm. but um, if you like Gotham Central, you'll probably like this because I could certainly see this after a while, as you mentioned. Like, so the question is, um, you know, we we talked last week and 
the whole new what's this iteration of the DC reboot called Infinite Pursuit. Infinite Frontier. Infinite Frontiers. Um, so some of the books are being launched with new number one. Some of them are being launched as like maxi series as this is. Mm-hmm. How long does this book go on with the Joker? Um, as long as it's selling really, really well, Joe. Okay, touche. Um, uh, and I think it will go on, and then it will dovetail back into Batman. So it dovetails back into Batman. Is it still called the Joker? Yes. You. What name are you going to give it? That's that's going to sell better than the Joker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can call it should Joker or something like that, you know? Give him some No, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, how long can this book go on with the Joker as the quote-unquote protagonist, right? But he's not the protagonist. He's, he, it's, it's Jim. Like, this yeah. is the ultimate bait and switch in a good way. Is, like, I didn't, I didn't know the same way knowing it, going in. I vaguely knew that Jim Gordon might be hunting the Joker. Like that might have been the whole like when I when I ordered the book, I might have saw a hint of the 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 the, the solicitor or whatever, but I, I didn't know. And I think this is gonna trick people into it. And as long as you have the Joker show up for a panel or two pages or show a flashback or whatever and just keep pe- making people think it's a joker book with Jim Gordon, it's gonna it's gonna be around. And I, people will come around, I think, on this instantly. I'm actually, and I'm actually shocked because I just flipped through the pages, is that we have, which might be one of the best DC books on the market, like right out of the bat gate with issue one, and the main character has liver spots, Joe. <laughs> right. So. And then there's the punchline backup feature, second feature, what do we call them now? They, they were, I was going to say the, 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 the co-feature, remember? Right. You don't want to upset Dan Didio in his retirement. I don't want to, I never want to upset Dan. I like Dan. Right. Um, so this is just more of what we saw out of the punchline special that came out a couple months ago. Punchlines in jail, getting ready to go on trial. Uh, Harper Rowe, um, is attempting to stop the youth of Gotham from falling under punchlines influence. And the punchline, uh, is in jail and she runs afoul of the latest, queen of the royal flush gang yes and it doesn't go the way you would expect (laughs) right so i ask how long is this going to be a second feature in this book now that might be shorter because i don't know how long these second features are going to be because um or or how much you know because i guess the books are going to be 4.99 now without the card stock cover card stock cover because batman i I don't remember if batman had a backup or co-feature but i know detective's gonna have a robin one so i'd say that the the co-features might not last as long but they'll be pulled into the main book it'll be like the joker like jim gordon hunting the joker and punchline when she gets right because like punchline and joker are connected Mm -hmm. but they're not really connected at this point in their careers right so I or think in the, like in this point in their stories, right? Yes, that's the best way to put it. So I can see at some point the punchline co-feature intermingling with whatever the Joker thing is. Now the punchline thing is part of the main feature. 
and then maybe a new second feature comes in, and then like that's how we end around all these stories. Maybe. Now, another thing that I forgot to mention from the Joker um, thing was what we did get teased in maybe like a Batman annual recently or a Batman something or other. Right. With the Joker and Bane, we got a development there in this. Right. But I think that may be a red herring. Right. I just wanted to mention that because I think it's a red herring too. Right. But I also don't think the red herring is that rich lady's uh, helper, if you know what I mean. Right. So I think think that's a... Yeah, I think it's like a double red herring. Exactly. It's the double wrestling gotcha, Joe. (laughs) Is the writer of this Vince Russo and not James Tinney in the fourth? Uh, I hope so. But no, definite allegations to that rich lady's uh, sidekick person Mm -hmm. being dressed exactly as Bane, dressed in his disguise in the uh, Joel Schumacher Batman and Robin film. I think he's actually doing his best thing trying to be incognito cosplay. Well, that was what Bane wore in Batman and Robin. (laughs) Right. There's the picture of him and Poison Ivy getting off the plane, and he's just in his full Bane regalia with a trench coat and a fedora on. Right, and I always say one of my favorite lines is, "I'll I'll take the Moon Knight joke, but our retailer, after we saw Batman and Robin, came out of that movie and said, boy... They really, na- they, uh, when it came to the Bane's character, they really nailed him to a cross. <laughs> I oh was like, that's pretty good. All right, so check out Joker. Um, like I said, it's uh, I think it's as big as a title as it's going to be. I think it's going to be a sleeper, uh, not hit, but a sleeper good book, if that makes right. any sense. I, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so the other book, the one I was most looking forward to coming out this week, and uh, Todd was nice enough to read it as well, which was Nonstop Spider-Man number one, uh, written by Joe Kelly, art by Chris Bacallo. Uh So this is a book that was supposed to come out like almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe like 10 months ago. And obviously a variety of delays held this up. Um, so Spider-Man could arguably be Marvel's Batman in that they do print tons and tons of new Spider-Man books every month. Right. But not all of it is canon. All of it, like, just kind of takes place whenever. It's nebulous. And it's essentially just another Spider-Man book on the shelves, just in case we need to do a multi-part crossover. It's like, oh, this month it crosses over into non-stop Spider-Man. Or this month it crosses over into symbiote suit Spider-Man, right? Right. So, uh, I was looking forward to this book because I'm a fan of Joe Kelly. I like Chris Bacallo's art. I had a feeling that this was going to be out of continuity for the many reasons that I just mentioned here. And it is. And that's fine. Um, If you like not to be bogged down with what's currently going on in the main Spider-Man title of Amazing Spider-Man, and you just want a quick, easy, digestible, fun Spider-Man read... Uh, this could be the book for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker still doing stuff at Empire State University. Um, there's a mystery going on of someone who died of a drug overdose who wasn't a druggie, wasn't uh, doing anything. Then maybe there's some no- sort of nouveau drug that's being pushed upon people that they don't realize how dangerous it is. Uh, Spider-Man has a battle with a bunch of quips 
with a bunch of new like tech villains and it might be a mystery of who they're involved with until we get to the second feature in this book. Right. And I'll turn things over to you before we talk about the second feature. Right. Um, I did not like this book. Okay. Um, I, and, and there are many reasons I think, um, is it Spider-Man? Yes. Quippy. You know what I mean? Does, does his action, uh, everything about this screams Spider-Man to me as I read the story, but everything else about the main story does not work for me. The, I, I'm a fan of the told out of order story. Like, okay, here, like we're going to, we're going to bang, start with the action. Um, and he, here we go. And then it's like, okay, this is going on. And then we go back to four hours and you get a bit of the story and you go, and, you know, back to the action, back to two hours. I'm fine with that. I just thought he, Joe Kelly did it terribly with this. Like it was so disjointed. I was completely confused. And then on top of that, I like Bacallo, but I'm a Bacallo man from like, the, the high cost of living kind of a thing. I think his 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 work has deteriorated. I'm not going to say I hate it, but I prefer old Chris Piccolo. But this this art for me, I could not follow things at any given time. There was a fight early on where Spider-Man is kind of being a backpack to like one of the like the the the, the thugs in this story, and I'm like, I don't understand how he's hanging on him. I don't understand how his legs are working. I don't understand like. My eyes cannot focus on anything in this art. So as I read the story, I was just like, don't like the pacing, don't like the art. Um, you know what? This would not get me to read a second issue. So That's not all. even the second feature with Baron Zemo showing up? No, because I felt, I, and I'm not, uh, now, I'm not a Zemo guy. I'll, I, I was going to ask you, I, can't, I forgot to write down the quote that he did. But there was some like wacky zinger that Baron Zemo like threw it at these guys. And I'm like, is this something Baron Zemo would would say or do? And then I was like, okay, but then at the end, kind of like the what he does, and he's like, Well, maybe if I go here, I'll have better luck. And I'm like, okay, I could see how this is gonna work. But it, if the main book was the art by Dale Eaglesham, I would have been all over it. But Dale Eaglesham, that the, he might be why the book is late. For his eight pages. Because it ain't Chris Piccolo. Chris Piccolo could hit a deadline. Yeah. So oh, um, I'm with you. I like Zemo popping up. I love the Zemo design. I think Zemo is really cool. Uh, but Zemo ain't one much for quipping. Mm -hmm. And uh, whoever this person is. Uh, ain't. Like he's quipping too much to be Zemo. And it's tough to take him serious. And that's kind of Joe Kelly's M.O. when it comes to a lot of things like this, you know, when he did Deadpool all those years ago, when he took over Justice League or JLA, whatever, like after Morrison, after Mark Wade, after whomever, and then he took over, things did get a little like uh, laughy, laughy, ha-ha. Right. Um, I would not have picked up this book if Joe Kelly wasn't writing it. And once Joe Kelly is off this book, I don't think I'll continue with it. Oh, really? Won't even give it a chance if somebody gives it a shot? Probably not. Okay. Like I said, I'd like to stick to the main core Spider-Man book. These offshoot books are a slippery slope because you get one, and then you start getting like more and more and more, and they're rather inconsequential at the end of the day. And I like the book. There are certain books that I like to read that I'm okay with it being a light, a fun 
you know, one and done, whatever it is. But because like Spider-Man is the book that I've been reading the longest, um, I like the continue of narrative instead of like all these little offshoots of things that like, where does this happen? Where does this fit in? If I just stick to the main book, I know where everything fits in. Right. But the problem with Spider-Man in the main book is you'll get 7,000 issue 14.1.2. And they'll, they'll, and they're by the same writer, but then it's like every, then we have like, what do they call it? What's the issue? Like when it's like, Oh, this week it's issue 50 and next week it's issue 900. And then the week after that, we're back to 50. Like I, that's why I jumped off Spider-Man. I would prefer one of these books to regular Spider-Man sometimes. But anyway. So that's what we read from this past week. Right. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday at noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd is currently in the lead uh, with seven correct guesses to my six. And uh, in a rare instance, not only do Todd and I only have two books each this week, it's the same two books. Yes. So that is going to fill that that is going to fill in for you, the listener of what we'll be talking about next week. (laughs) It will be these two books. But which one is Todd most looking forward to and which one am I most looking forward to? Ah, so I pick first. So let me mull over your list, Joe. Yeah, real, so, really get to the heart of the matter. So many choices. I could flip a coin and we can do this. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most Nightwing 78? It is Nightwing 78. Tom Taylor taking over. And I think it's also the same one that you're looking forward to coming out this week as well. It is the same book. Uh, it would have been Thor if it was the end of the story arc. And I, I think there's one more issue left in the story arc. Right. And I find it amusing, like, as we're talking about just now, um, Infinite Frontier restarting books, like Nightwing staying with 78. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a, it's like a new creative team. It's a return to the old look and status quo. But, uh, yeah, keep your original numbering. Yep. I don't know, man. Legacy numbering. That's what I believe in. So uh, while you're over at Longbox Heroes, uh, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh, but also, and most importantly, Todd and Joe have issues. Mm. And I think... I go first this time around, right? Um, I thought we were doing whoever starts the show goes first, but because it's one issue of Jonah Hex, I feel you should, and the issue that it is, I feel you should go first. Right. Um, not a hugely, um, I think, status quo-y sort of book, but maybe it will be because, um, you know, it's uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, art by uh, Val Samakis, and I think he's done art here before for Jonah, right? Yeah, he did one issue that I that I remember, definitely one. Right. Um, so 
the the episode title is I Walk Alone. So the whole time I was thinking of the animal Dave Batista while I was reading this. Right. And when they do a new Jonah Hex movie, I hope um, Beefcake up to the gills jo- uh, Batista is Jonah Hex. Oh, yeah. Give me that, please. Can't can't do any worse than what we saw before. Mm. Um, so Jonah, again, on his own, he's cooking up some vittles, some critters that he caught. And this woman, Delilah, comes running out of the woods like a maniac, saying that these people are after her. Uh, a guy shows up and says, no, no, that's my wife. I'm here to save her. Uh, Jonah typically defaults to, um, you know, uh, I, you know, women in distress, child in distress. I'm going to help them. But this time around, he's like, no, nah, you're on your own. Get lost. Like, tell me what's going on. Like, he kind of, like, like stands up to these guys. But then when the woman doesn't, like, let Jonah know what's going on, he's like, yeah, yeah, you go with them. Right? Right. So while he's dealing with all of this, his food gets burnt. <laughs> he's very upset by this. But luckily, there's a nearby black bear that Jonah shoots in the eyes and ends up eating the bear. Good eatings. Uh, now, while he's at the fire, Jonah is lamenting about a harmonica that he has. Right. Is there any significance to this harmonica, or is it just the, you know, old crazy Jonah by himself talking to himself? I think it's just old crazy. I don't remember anything with the harmonica. Mm-hmm. So, after Jonah's done kind of just uh, relaxing with his thoughts, Delilah comes running back again. Uh Obviously, there's something going on with this woman. Jonah decides, I'm going to take you back to wherever you're from. And while he is traveling with her, they're being trailed by the same men that came looking for her the night before. And then she goes and grabs the knife out of Jonah's hilt and tries to stab him while they're riding away. She Mm -hmm. claims that they set her up. They told her to do this or they would kill her little sister. Jonah tosses her off takes out most of the guys by himself because of course he's jonah and it's at this point that the woman delilah says that this group of people are cannibals she let and they the the man uh summersby i believe so they get into it they go back and forth she ends up stabbing him to death um She's kind of worse for wear from the fall off the horse. Uh, Jonah notices a locket around her neck and sees that there's like another little girl in there. So, of course, now it's women and children. Jonah's two weaknesses. He heads to the camp, the encampment, the building, the whatever, where these folk are. He walks in and he sees dead people. He sees meat hanging up. He's already been told that these people are cannibals. He comes in guns ablazing, and then Jonah is finally smartened up that this Delilah woman was crazy. She was out of her mind. They're not cannibals. And because Jonah listened to this woman, he ended up killing all the men that protected these old women and children that are left at this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old lady who's in charge kind of pulls out a gun to take fire on Jonah. And Jonah's like, listen, it was a mistake. And he says, very softly, very quietly, I'm sorry. Right. And as he leaves, he throws some money on the ground, um, kind of as a penance for what he's done to these folks. 
but it'll never be enough. Right. So this, you know, obviously, I would at the very least say in the 18 issues that we've read here, maybe the first time that Jonah has shown any sort of remorse. Right. For his actions. And maybe this is a lesson for Jonah not to trust uh, every woman and or child that comes out of the woodwork just because they're a woman or a child. Maybe vet them. I know there wasn't a Google back in the 18 whatevers. True. That he could verify what these people have done when he's not around, but <laughs> right. Delilah um, space. at least there's going to be some lessons for Jonah to learn, maybe. Right. Um, I, I agree. And I, see, I think this is a really good structured story, but this isn't one of my like favorite Jonah Hex stories. I feel there's a lot of swerves throughout it, and there's almost too many at times. Um, like, oh, is she, isn't she, are the guys bad, aren't they bad, are they cannibals, aren't they cannibals? I mean, it works because when they show up the f- at the first time when she shows up at the camp, they're like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, we're out here hunting a bear. And he's like, okay, I don't, I don't trust all this. So he, but he gives her back, but then he gets attacked by a bear. Then he finds out, you know, he goes and they're cannibals, whatever, he kills them all. And he goes up to the cabin and sees the body and the thing. Well, the body was mauled by the bear. And that's the the reason they're like, so the story works all the way through, but my biggest problem with this book is, uh, and this issue is you've had some really heavy hitters on art, Phil Noto, Luke Ross. Um, I'm trying to think of who else off the top of my head. I can't really think, but uh, Tony DeZaniga and Val on this, I think is the weakest of the artists. I think if this had been an artist of a stronger caliber, the story would have been better. But um, that's why I, I think this is what uh, I love this book from uh, like one to 70. But I think this is one of the weaker stories. Though I will say, the Bill Sienkiewicz cover more than makes up for it. Uh, anybody wants to buy me the cover to Jonah Hex 18, I will, I will gladly accept it. Is it for sale? No. So find it. Do the legwork and get it to me. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, but no, I thought Val Semeckis, um, while a very 90s artist... Mm-hmm was fine. I thought his art was good. You know, it's very much different than everyone else that draws the book. But if you handed me this book without a cover date on it, I would have guessed that it was from 1994 to 1996. Fair enough. But like I said, you have two, as far as I'm concerned, legends, at least. Yeah. Three legends on Jonah in the first 18 issues. This guy is good. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? When the bar is set that high, like as we go on, some of the names on this book, you know what I mean? And like you said, a 90s looking artist. That's all. I don't want to bag on the guy too much, but you get what I'm trying to say. I do. So um, so I guess I'll start uh, or I'll go. Uh, so my books, the first one was Web of Spider-Man 122. Um, now, this one was uh, plotted by J.M. And I believe scripted by Tom DeFalco. Um, and I forget who did the art. I didn't write that uh, down. No, but I, I, Todd DeZago. De, DeZago, who did uh, Young Justice after Mark Wade left. Yeah. Um, I'm, I would say Tom DeFalco. But, uh, and it kind of like Todd DeZago is a good writer, but the two of them together, I could feel the bits of uh, as we go on JM in this. Um, but you know, there wasn't as much as in the, like the previous times that he's on, but the book starts out and Ben is having like these visions of the jackal and like the jackal is actually calling him Peter in all of this. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like, well, I, I, I can't understand this. It's almost overwhelming. And while this is going on, Peter's going to go to lunch 
with MJ and he's kissing her. And, but all of a sudden he gets these like weird flashbacks of kissing Gwen, like, you know, his, his long dead lover uh, or girlfriend or whatever. Um, and he's like, well, oh, like something's up here, but he attributes it to, you know, being cured, like a side effect, like leftover stuff from the, the fever dream of the vaccine and the, the, the virus that he had that Doc Ock cured him of. He's like, uh, I got to shake myself out of it. Then we go back to, to Ben and he follows the visions. I like this part, a hundred miles North of New York, apparently. And I guess he swang swung from the trees all the way there. I don't know. That's one of those, like that whole commuter story where, where Spider-Man gets outside the city and things get dicey. I'm like, what did you walk a hundred miles? But anyway, um, and the, there's a version of the Jackal there that's calling himself Jack, which I, at this point I thought was a vision. And when we get to the next issue, um, apparently is a little person. Uh, and I did not get any of that from the art in this. Yeah. I thought it, it, the, the proportions are not drawn to give you the idea that he is of a smaller stature in this issue. Right. So I'm going to jump to the next issue that we do really quick, then come back because at some point somebody says, is that a little person in a jackal costume? And he's like, yes, which I think somebody in editorial went, it's not coming through, like actually mention it. You know what I mean? So we come back here. Like I was totally uh, thrown off. Um, and while he's there, uh, Ben finds like a door, but that's not a door. It's like a door that's just hanging in the air. Kind of a dip. like, there's no building. Like you could walk around it. Apparently it's a magic uh, door, a magic door. So um, while he's there, there's a, somebody guarding it uh, uh, called the Guardian. And he's this huge like person. He's having like all these thoughts of what he was programmed to do and the pain and blah, blah, blah. Um, but he has like these weird like markings on him, like the kind of marking, like almost like the look of Kane kind of a deal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, like what's on Kane's costume is on this guy's body. Right, right. So they go at it. Uh, they're 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 tussling. So we cut to Peter, who's gone to uh, the Daily Daily Planet, the Daily Bugle, and he's talking to Robbie Robertson. Ro Robbie Robertson? Yeah. Um, yes. Because I, I was going to call him Robert Robbie Robinson, but uh, he and he's telling him like, oh, I'm pregnant. Blah blah. Or his wife. They're, they're having a baby. MJ's pregnant. He's like, oh, that's great. Kind of working the insurance stuff out. And as Peter is starting to leave, Jay Jonah comes out of the office with uh, Detective, what about me? What about Raven? And he's like, I, you could see my situation. I thought I would come to you and, you know, talk. He's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. While this is happening, Peter has another uh, strong vision of, but this time it's the Jackal. And he's like, he goes down and uh, Detective, what about me? What about Raven? Like helps him up. And there's like a weird part in here where like, I don't understand what, like if, he goes, you, you're going to be okay, son. He goes, yeah, he goes off. And he's like, and for some reason, the detective says Peter's name, but it was never said in front of him. So I don't know uh, what's going on there. Like the way, the way that's laid out, I believe he's looking for Peter, but he, he doesn't know that that's Peter. It's a really weird scene. But uh, so we'll come, we'll come back to that when we're done with this issue. Okay. So 
uh, well, this part we go we go to the hospital where uh, MJ's there with her aunt, and uh, Aunt May is like slipping away. Like you know, they're talking about like, oh, we're gonna you know have this baby, and Aunt May's sick and everything like that. But once again, this is some of the strongest stuff. Aunt May opening her eyes for a minute, where I'm like, where you have like a glimmer of hope that you know Aunt May is gonna be okay, but she kind of fades back in before anybody can see it. Um, and uh, while this is going on, like, I guess Kane is watching the, the fight between the Guardian and Ben. Uh, and uh, the Guardian ends up, like, handing Ben his lunch. And he's, like, knocked out in the snow. And I guess uh, Jack says, like, well, you know, okay, sirrah, sirrah, we'll wait for the other one. If this one, you know, like, this one isn't working. Um, and Peter ends up having, like, these visions of of like the the what what does he have like a uh i want to say being the clone but he's having more of those kind of things and then he sees ben knocked out in the snow and he's like i have to go to whatever like this is and that's how the issue ends like i'm like i wasn't there for my fallen brother kind of a thing i'm gonna go i'm gonna go help him and that's how the issue ends okay uh, before I get your thoughts, I just want to kind of mention um, the stuff with Detective. What about me? What about Raven? Um, he tells Jonah something, right? Mm-hmm. Jonah knows whatever Detective Raven is here for. And Jonah seems shook, upset, or something by it, right? Right. With this information that Jonah now knows... And obviously the way that Detective Raven is setting off Peter's spider senses mm-hmm. and the fact that Detective Raven knows Peter's name without being told that it's his name. I'm not sure how all this lines up, or at least I don't remember how all this is supposed to line up. Right. And that's all I'll say about that. Right, because we we established that the detective was in the restaurant a few issues ago, right? Yes. And that was one of those things where I even said, I was like, I wasn't sure if he was setting off the uh, spider sense, but Doc Ock was outside too. So yeah. I could see where that's going. But I, I don't know. I'm just going to say that may may come, like may work out later, whatever. I'm just saying that as far as I was concerned, that was a really awkward situation where it didn't make sense in the moment, if you know what I mean. Right. So we go on to Amazing Spider-Man 399, which is written by straight up by JM and art by Mark Bagley, who, you know, once again, I will never have a bad word for this team anytime they appear on a spider book, you know. Um, but Kane is there and he's looking at the beaten Ben and is the name because I have it written down here, but it's Scryer, right? Yes. The name of the character. Scryer walks out and Kane is like visibly worried about Scryer and Scryer's like, you know, I, I don't worry. I'm not here for you. You don't have to worry about me or any of you don't have to worry about me yet. Well, there's a little clue, Joe. Um, but so he, he goes off and Kane like goes back into the shadows. Peter shows up. And now this is where the book's going to get very vague because the book gets very dense at this point. And I gave up on taking notes. So, 
Peter shows up. He's like, hey, it's it's you. They end up start getting along and they start like ribbing each other, which is nice. And even Ben is like, oh, like this is cool. He's he's kind of back to his old self. And they go and they go to that door and um, they end up seeing two handprints on it. They use it because apparently it's like DNA coded or something like that. They go in and that's when Peter sees Jack and he mentions, is that a small, like a little person in the thing? That's where we get this. And I notice it. And he ends up like talking to them and just, and distracting them. He's like, well, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just killing time trying to explain things to you until the master wakes up and the master wakes up and it's actually the jackal. And they're like, you can't be the jackal. You, you have to, you're dead. And he ends up, well, is he a clone? Isn't he a clone? He ends up, nope, I'm not a clone. I'm the original this thing redid my body, whatever I'm back. And he ends up starts dropping like things. And this is where it gets very noticeable where he's like, you clones. And like, Peter doesn't even pick up on it. Like kind of a thing He's like, you two are the same, blah, blah, blah. And as they're going on, like Ben wants answers and he ends up saying, no, no, no. He's like, you, you know, he's like, well, he's the clone that you made. He's like, no, 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 you're both clones. You're both clones. And in one of these tubes like me, I have the real Peter Parker and Peter kind of goes nuts. He's like, no, I'm not the fake. I'm the real. Um, and while this is going on, like Kane has, or Kane, Jackal has jacked himself up to like a 100th degree. Cause he just does short work of the two of them. He's like, we're going to keep doing this. He's like, you're going to listen to me. And he goes, all will be explained, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to show you the, uh, you know, the real Peter when I open this tank and the tank opens up and it is Gwen Stacy. And he's like, oh, and that's the real Gwen Stacy. And, you know, like not a clone, not a blah, blah, like real Gwen Stacy that you knew. And I'm like, okay. And also along the way, we found out that the Guardian and Jack are also clones of yes. Peter Parker. And that, like the, the clone, what is it? Like they disintegrate. They, they break apart after so long. We're seeing that's what's happening to the Guardian. And cellular degeneration or whatever they call it. Yes, it's on its way. Now, at this point, Joe, I'm like, this this story needs to wrap up very quickly. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Well, being that this is week what? Uh, Week uh, 10? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's 42 more weeks to go. Do you want my take on this or do you want to add anything? Because I don't want uh, like, Let's get your take and then I got my remarks to make. Right. And then I want to mention when it's all done, I want to mention one last thing as the like the the balloon or the the the, the text uh, thing at the end. You know what I mean? So I'm going to save that. Yeah. But uh, basically my take on this is already we have. Is Peter a clone? Isn't Peter a clone? Is Ben? They're both clones. We have. You know, the Jack clone, we have the Guardian clone. Now, he's already talking whether I'm the real Jackal or the the Jackal clone. Here's Gwen Stacy, blah, blah, blah. And, like, what's going on with Kane? I'm like, right here, we're at peak. We can't go any further with this stuff. And I want answers. And I feel as we're going into Smoke and Mirrors Part 3 and then uh, Amazing Spider-Man 400 as they're like toting at the end of this that like this is where we should have got all our answers just find which one was the spider clone which one wasn't and we should move on but 
I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't, I almost don't even want to read smoke and mirrors three because it's gotten so convoluted right here, but I'm gonna, you know, so <laughs> you've committed to the bit, right? I've committed to the bit, but do you get what I'm saying? Oh, I do. Rereading this, this. And this is one last thing. And this is a bloated written issue. Yes. Like, like I, I breezed through the issue before this, this was a, a two breaker. Like as I read it, it was like, all right, I need a break a quarter, a third away through this read some more. I need another break. Like this is so dense. It almost blocks out Bagley's art, but now I'm done. Sorry. So everyone's a clone, right? Mm-hmm. If everybody's a clone, nobody's a clone. Oh, they're okay. Perfect. Right. But if nobody's a clone, then everybody's a clone. Mm-hmm. We play, and by we, I mean the Jackal, <laughs> plays real fast and loose with this who's a clone and who's not a clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. For the next twenty weeks of us doing this. Okay. For the next twenty weeks of Jonah Hex, he kills a lot of people. <laughs> okay. So it's suffice to say, I can give you the caveat. That everything that the jackal says is a lie. Mm-hmm. Everything. Okay? Right. For the most part, until it's not a lie. <laughs> uh, the, the cellular degeneration breakdown of the clones is such a lame cop-out. It was a lame cop-out then, and it's a lame cop-out today. Mm-hmm. In that, the clones are going to break down and turn to whatever. Whenever. Whenever the story needs them to, there's no Mm -hmm. real time frame for them to do so. Maybe they'll live a full, healthy life to old age, or maybe they'll last 20 minutes. It's whatever the story needs them to do. Then there's no rhyme or reason to it. Are you saying they're playing fast and loose with the rules? Real fast, real loose. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And one other thing that I do want to mention to go back to here. I might miss um, something, did I? With the Scryer and Kane thing, okay? Right. Um. So, you know, Scryer runs into Kane. As you mentioned, he's vis- visibly shook. Uh, you know, Scryer even mentions it. And he says, do not worry. You have nothing to fear uh, from me. None of you do yet, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get uh, Kane's inner monologue of, my God, if he's involved in this, then there's even more going on than I realized. Uh, I've got to be careful. If I cross Scryer again, I may not come out of it. Uh, I I may not come out of it with a whole skin. Okay. Okay. So the last time we saw Scryer, he was just kind of like the right-hand man of Judas Traveler. Judas Traveler, who had like omnipotent powers and time travel and mind control, and all these other powers, right? And don't forget about a letter that got him off the hook. Right. The greatest power of them things, all. He fixed things by pre-post-dating a letter two weeks ago, right? Right. Genius. So, is Judas Traveler the real power? Is Scryer the real power? 
is this a misdirect as well? Mm-hmm. Um, this unfortunately is something that's not going to pay off until like the final four weeks of us doing this. Oh. Right. But the thing is, reading it at the time, we did not know this. Okay. No, I get you, but and I know that this story goes on, and I'm but I'm giving you my opinion as if I didn't know the story was. Yeah. I'm just trying to say like already. We've heaped too much on top of everything. And we're in week whatever, you know? Right. And we've skipped some stuff, man. There's stuff that I left out because I'm like, okay, this is just going to muddy the issue more. Good, good. I think you did a good job so far. If you could have cut it down to, oh, around no issues, it would have been a lot better. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, last thing that I want to say is at the end of the issue, it says, like, Smoke and Mirrors concludes in the pages of Spider-Man 56. And then there's another one. Then be here next month for Amazing 400 and what may very well be the single most powerful tale in Spider-Man's long and distinguished history, The Gift. You know what I think this issue is going to be about, Joe? I'm sure Aunt May's pulling through. And it's going to be a touching moment where she wakes up and says, I can't wait, wait to meet your unborn baby. I, I know it, Joe. I feel it in my heart. And if it's anything else, I'm going to be devastated. Well, Todd, you're going to be in for a shock when you see what the cover uh, is mm. of, that, of that issue. It might telegraph things just a smidge. I hear it's a brand of pizza. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese is on the cover, everyone. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> pizza junk. So next week, again, we kind of flip-flop things a little bit. Um, no, next week is a nice slender read of a week. No, it's right. not. It's two. Uh, my apologies. So it's two issues of Jonah Hex. Issues 19 and 20, and it's one issue of Spider-Man, which is Spider-Man number 56, which is part three of Smoke and Mirrors, which will answer all the questions that we've had up to this point. Right, and then give me a whole bunch more. Right. So, yeah. I I have a sinking suspicion. Right. That, so this, the the Spider-Man stuff starts officially six months prior to this okay and if i remember from reading that uh the the life of riley thing it was maybe two months in where they decided that we need to make this go on longer right where for all intents and purposes this coulda and shoulda wrapped up in amazing spider-man 400 I have no doubt in my mind. Like, even not knowing the life of Riley, like, this seems like where we were leading to. You know what I mean? And 400, like, that that makes sense. 400 to end this storyline and do, if you were going to originally swap out Ben for Pete, you know what I mean? 400 is the issue to drop that bomb, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, Suffice to say, 400 is not the end. (laughs) Um, so it, it's like one of those deals where it's like, okay, well, we're not ending it in 400. We need something big to happen in issue 400. What could it be? Right. Right. So, and then we get to issue 400 and it goes on for, and again, obviously we skip around quite a bit <laughs> in this, um, Hang on one second. I just need to... 
you're saying there was even extra. I feel like I need to go back and read all this stuff so I can completely understand the Spider Clone saga. Oh no! Don't will I even will I even understand it when it's all over? Yes. Okay. So this ends up going on. I I was I was estimating, but I, I I'm like, eh, is that right? Does that do, do those numbers line up? And they do. So this ends up going on another 18 months pa- or yeah another 18 months past when it should have ended right with tons of bo- like four spider-man titles and specials and yeah and annuals and oh my god yeah jonah hex it sold well oh no i get it yeah but I mean, it be it, it would go on to become one of the laughing stock stories. You know what I mean? For just that that reason, it's like pick a lane eventually. You know, and and this here, this issue with like this person's a clone and that person's a clone. This is the real version of someone, and this isn't the real version of someone. This is where they need to throw all these threads in there. To start, so it's like, okay, if we start this thread, we could come back to that, resolve that thread, close that loop to give us more time to stretch the main story out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, what should have been six months ends up being over two years. I just want to see Ben and Peter like switch spots really fast and then go, now nobody will know who the real one is. And then like Ben will go, good thinking, Peter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, let's not say something similar that happens in about two or three weeks in our reading time, okay. but something like that happens in two to three weeks in our reading time. Oh, good. I can hardly wait. So while you're over at uh, Longbox Heroes, after you've checked out Todd and Joe have issues, and be sure to check those posts out. You know, I don't, uh, I, I, I feel as though I write some good punny stuff in there. And, you know, if you want to follow along, you can follow along there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to check out our store where you can purchase uh, shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them directly from me. I'll put them in a bag or a box <laughs> or whatever, and I ship them out to you, maybe with some extras, who knows. Uh, you could also go over to our T Public store. There's no sale this week. Next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything's 35% off. So wait until then to purchase anything. But in the meantime, sign up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you two extra episodes of a podcast with me and Todd. One is previewing the past. Huge update on this week's After Dark in regards to all of that. Uh, the other is six never-before-seen films. Todd assigns me six movies I've never seen. I assign Todd six movies he's never seen. This week, we're going to be recording uh, I'm Going to Get You Sucker. The $5 and up people get those as soon as they're done. Everybody else gets them about two weeks later. Uh, and the $5 and up folks get uh, After Dark three days before everyone else so that they can listen to these shows in the correct listening order. Right. The only way you should listen. Uh, another way they can help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through at the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the advertising fee. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased the original soundtrack to something called Waking Ned. Hmm. 
somebody purchased uh, the video on demand edition of the thing from another world, which was what the thing, the John Carpenter film from the eighties was a remake of a uh, very good uh, kind of sci-fi fifties film, the thing from another world, but very different than so, the John Carpenter thing. And I have seen John Carpenter, the thing. So, you know. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased, purchased a Raven's burger, not a burger that sad Scotty Flamingo would eat, but a Raven's burger, Gravitrax zip line accessory. Uh, it's like one of these, uh, toys that you can get to help like teach your kid on how to like program and like build little things, you know? Okay. Um, we try to get my kid involved in those and he'll play Fortnite, you know, you're still trying to scam him on reading. So, Oh, he's aware. He's aware that he's being uh, roped into reading, you know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody also purchased a king size heating pad. Uh, mm. I'll take two. <laughs> right. And I'll take some- four. <laughs> somebody also purchased an E cupper. Women's one-piece high-waisted print swim dress with boy short. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's not. It's not bikini weather just yet. So maybe you're going on vacation. Thank you for purchasing that through us. Yes. And uh, hey, I also want to mention that someone uh, did their Audible free trial through our click-through. Um, through the advertising fees, they call those bounties. When you sign up for any of those free trials that Amazon offers, we get five bucks. Oh. Like, even if you sign up for it on a Monday and close it on a Tuesday, yep. we still get the five bucks. Yep. That, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So, you know, uh, Amazon offers a lot of different things as they've acquired all sorts of different and sundry whatevers. So, uh, you know, it's a thing to help us out. Right. Uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Um, and this one came in late as we, as we just finished recording last week. Um, Rebecca's art sent in, uh, more hair by Rebecca work in progress kind of a deal. Um, I like, I know you like this kind of stuff where you could see how it's worked out. And I just noticed as I was looking at it, it's beautiful picture of the neck has a 12 tattoo on it. Um, in Roman numerals, that's pretty cool. I, unless that's maybe a number well, of this, twenty-two. It looks like two X's. Oh, the me. two X's. You're right. You're right. Definitely two X's. Um, twenty-two. Uh, I, I like that. I wonder if there's some meaning behind that, or maybe it's the twenty-second picture in the in the in the the set that she has going on. Now, a lot of times we usually get to see uh, unfinished stuff, just some pencils, maybe some light pens, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. The portions of this that are fully colored are amazing. Yep. And seeing the contrast in the finished part and the unfinished part, I I, I think uh, Rebecca's doing a great job with her art. I love it. It's really good. Definitely has the coloring portion of it down. Yes. So uh, if you are a burgeoning artist yourself, purchased some stuff, uh, got some stuff in, what have you, uh, be sure to tag Todd's Art Attack. And I'm going to be more on our friend Becky and our friend DJ to tag uh, you and us in the stuff that they send out there, you know? hmm So that we can share what they, our friends, very talented, artistic-type folks are doing with the rest of you, our listeners. Exactly. Yeah. 
So I think that's it before we get into a uh, discussion of the latest episode of The Flash, eh? Yes. Right. So if you did not watch the latest episode of The Flash, uh, you know, we're always a week behind. The newest episodes are always on as we record, which is a nice reminder for myself. Hmm. Um, you know, we bid you adieu. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, episode 546, Longbox Heroes. Uh, next week, we're also going to be di- begin discussion of Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, as that premieres this upcoming Friday on the old Disney Plus. Not that they need us to uh, plug them, you know? Right, but they appreciate it. They call they me, do. you know. Uh, so this week, uh, episode two of season seven of The Flash, The Speed of Thought. Uh, this felt good, this this episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone was here, except for Ralph and Sue. And, you know, they went deep undercover. Who knows when they'll be back? What about Chester P. Runk? Well, wasn't he visiting his grandmama or something? Yes, he was. But we had Caitlin, we had Cisco, and you know, I think for really this show to work, we need a Caitlin, we need a Cisco in there. Uh, obviously, with Wells being gone for now. Mm-hmm. Um. So with the artificial speed force gimmick from last week. One of the new powers that it has given Barry is speed thinking. As Cisco is trying to work out some equations on how they could find out where Eva is going to strike next, Barry is seeing what Cisco is figuring out before Cisco can get a chance to finish his equations on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the f- the more and more Barry uses his speed thinking ability, the more and more he becomes removed from his own humanity. Yeah, he beca- he's becoming a Vulcan. <laughs> right. Um, so obviously this is alarming to Cisco, and this is alarming to uh, uh, Caitlin. They, Barry figures out where Eva is going to strike next because they need to get, um, they need because she has those particles on her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to absorb some of those particles so that they can attempt to save um, who is trapped in the mirror dimension. Iris? Iris. Uh, I forget the girl's name, but it's Cisco's girlfriend. And uh, Camilla Sing. and uh, Singh. Right. So they need those particles so that they can go th- build something to get them into the mirror universe and save them. They do so. But during the course of this, there's a part where Eva has... Caitlin, as Killer Frost, dead to rights, Barry could save her, but he chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Because by him choosing not to, this is what allows him to get the drop on Eva to get those particles from her. Right, no, that's not what that was. No, what happened? Why did he allow that to happen? Because he knew that he would be able to cure her from whatever bang thing that he did. Like oh, whatever. that's right. He developed right. And, whatever the, the shot was. Right, but he also said... In that, there was a 0.002% chance that Eva would have destroyed the thing on my chest and we would have lost the particles. I wasn't willing to take that chance. And that's when Cisco's like, something's wrong here. Like, you let her get hurt over an 0.002% chance? Like, come on. And he's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's when they, like, start to go their separate ways on thinking and speed thinking. Right. So it's at this point where they discover 
um, that they only have enough particles to save either Sing and Camilla or just Iris. Right. And we get a thing where we see, we don't know this at the time, Barry runs the sim the simulation of what would happen is if he told everyone this, they would vote to save Singh and Camilla. So Barry just decides to lie and say we're gonna just like not tell them. And once the portal is open, she's like, okay, we're just gonna save Iris now. Right. Now, we also had something earlier before Barry started becoming an emotionless slug. Um, Cisco has him test out the quantum ball. Right. Which is going to be the new hot thing that all the kids are into. (laughs) That, you know, it bounces and it's tough to predict where it goes. But because of Barry's quick thinking, he'll be able to do so. And that, of course, comes back later into Barry using that to get the drop on everyone else. Right. Barry does get the drop on everyone else. He opens up the portal. He goes to help Iris. And Iris is like, no, we have to help everyone else. Because apparently they're like having some sort of like reaction to being in the mirror universe. Iris has been there too long. She's like, she's able to control it. Or at least she thinks she can, right? Right. So Barry is like, no, this is what you would do. I know you, you know, you would say save you. And Iris is like, no. And Iris is kind of like fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. Iris finally comes through and then she starts to go into shock. Right. So now she's going into shock. The portal is closed. Barry has dispatched uh, Caitlin and Cisco and Allegra. And now Barry is there with no one to help him. And his wife in whatever the state that she's in. Right. We'll get into the post credit sequence here in a moment. I thought this was a really good episode. Right. Um, I, I did too. And we'll get to the, the part. Of it. He ends up realizing that he's lost his emotion. Because they all give him the emotion speech throughout it. And he ends up destroying the... Doesn't he end up destroying the, 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 the speed force that they created? But I'm like, okay, so that all works out. I like this episode. I didn't love this episode. But the one thing that this episode really like hammered home to me is quarantine as I was watching this. Because if you go back and watch this episode, everybody is standing 10 feet apart from each other at all times. Or if like Barry's given Caitlin the shot, it's like, here's me standing over Caitlin's body. And I my hand's going to go out of frame and give her the shot. And I was like... And I know that's weird. This is like wigs to you. I just noticed it. Like when they go to the police station for something, like the usual police stations that is filled with cops, it's just the three actors that we need for the scene. Nobody else is there. And I'm like, like we're never going to see jitters while this is going on, you know? And it just, like, and I don't know why watching this episode, that really stuck out at me because normally you can't have the whole crew because you can't afford all the actors in the same episode. Now it's down to a few. And in these giant, like hanger, like sets, it's like, Hey, Barry, and I'm like, okay. And I don't know, just took me out of the episode for some reason. Now, see, I noticed it a lot more in the previous episode. Maybe I'm getting a little bit more accustomed to it already. Two episodes in, Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm I fell into like a false sense of security because we had Caitlin and Cisco there. We had most of the main cast with us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but I like this episode. And again, we didn't mention all the stuff that's going on with Eva. Barry outs her on TV with the footage that she's not really Eva. She's the mirror duplicate person. Um, oh, Barry the- does this without consulting anyone and, you know, kind of ruining her life, even though she's the villain, um, to give them the time that they need to do their plan without having to worry about her. And then now she needs to figure out what she, Eva's going to figure out what to do with her life now that everyone knows that she's not a human, that she's a, an, a, essentially a meta because she's a mirror person. And um, her like, subordinates, especially that one underling, she's like, don't ever lie to me. And now she realizes that she's been lied to the whole time. Yeah. So something's going on there. And I just want to say in the moment where Eva's being interviewed by fake Oprah, um, to like, and that, that this all comes out when she, when, when that like interviewer has her snap out moment, possibly some of the worst acting that's been on the show. Like all of a sudden, like, what's this footage? You're a meta, all this stuff. I'm like, like a video just popped up. Like you're really dead and you're the, the fa- you, I'm like, you got all that from that quick video that just appeared on the, the screen, like gave the whole recap. And I was just like, uh, anyway, you know, <laughs> Yes. Um, but I liked the episode. I was happy with it, you know. Yeah. And then there was an after credit scene, Joe. Okay. So the uh after credit scene, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes total sense. Don't need it explained, but go ahead. So okay. this is flashing back to the time when Thawne stole Wells's face. Right. So this is like before episode one, season one. Mm-hmm. But uh so Thawne with Wells's face buries the husk of the Wells that he just stole the face from in a shallow grave on the side of the road. Right. But then all of a sudden, like a bunch of green particles come up from the ground and form a new Wells. Right. But now I believe we're supposed to be implied that that's in the present. Okay. Because so, like the, we see the burying happen, but obviously Wells sacrificing himself in the previous episode. We now are in the present day to that shallow grave. That's been on the side of the road for the last seven years. Right. And when Barry destroyed the fake speed force that they created, it released all the Wells particles into the air. And I think they were all drawn back to Earth One body, if you will. And that's that's Earth One Wells that was killed by Thrawn. I'm okay. joking that that it's very straightforward. It needs it needs a lot of explanation, but that's my theory on what's going on. In present time, old Wells, original Wells that was created the quantum or created the, the react, the particle reactor is alive and well on earth one. So now we get to see him play the Wells. He never played, but he played Thon pretending to be very right. confusing. Um, Everybody's I think a you Wells. had predicted last week that Wells wasn't going to be gone forever. Um, right. I assumed that it would be at least mid season. I didn't think it'd be the next episode. And because it rhymes, like, with our uh, Todd and Joe have issues, everybody's a Wells now, Joe. I guess. Nobody's a Wells. I don't understand. We'll see when we watch next episode, hopefully. Am I, listen, am I okay with 
them bring Wells back because I think he's like the best character on the show mm-hmm. and he's the best actor on the show. Um, am I willing to just look the other way in whatever dumb way they decided to bring him back? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I will agree, though. I do have one problem with that show because it just seems like every time we lost the Wells, we got an an alternate Earth Wells. So we're like, okay, we could do this infinitely. You know what I mean? And then it was taken away, and I was like, okay, there's some repercussions to dying in the Flash universe. Like, no, there's not. Like, we we took away any chance of bringing a Wells back through alternate, like, universes. And it's like, oh, now all the particles bring back the original Wells. And it just, I get it. If it wasn't Kavanaugh, I would be really upset because it just seems like death has, like, no lasting effect on this show. But... You know, Kavanaugh, two thumbs up. I'll let I'll let you slide for the seventh time. Okay. <laughs> well, going into deep, deep cover, that's maybe what is permanent. Right. And then Death, who knows? you can come back from deep cover, canceled. Uh, you can't come back from. <laughs> right. And who knows when reverse flash will be back and what face he'll have. Right. I'm sure he'll be back. I agree. So I think that's it. I think so, too. For sure. So, uh, again, one last time, thank you very much for listening to episode 546, Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. <laughs>